Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. Let us pray. Father, we are so grateful. Thank you for your grace and your mercy that is so unending that you take care of us. We're grateful. As your word comes, I pray that your word will speak to us. I pray that your word will answer us. I pray that your word will bring light and understanding and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Powerful. I'm going to read a scripture from Luke chapter 16 and verse 19 going on to the steady one. It's an old story, but an interesting one. Because it tells you something. I don't know whether you have died and come back yet. Can you please find out from your neighbor? Have you died and come back? Or, like the rest of us, you have come to earth and you have been here since. <laughs> you have been here since. Oh, just check that your neighbor is not a ghost. Just check. Just check. Uh-huh. Just check. Because this story that I'm coming to read to you is a very interesting story. You know, we, we, man has grown in arrogance over time, you know, as we have discovered things. We claim we have discovered them. We forgot that somebody made it and put it there for us to come and find it. But as we have grown in arrogance, we have grown to believe that we know everything. And yet, we can't tell what happens at the end of our lives. For the same reason as you cannot say this morning. And that is that you are either alive or you are dead. Hello? We have all kinds of stories. So even those who say that there is no God, they cannot answer this question. But Jesus could answer, what happens after death? The Bible answers it very clearly. Amen? And so if you call yourself a Christian and then you don't take what Jesus said, I want to ask you who you are believing in then don't hype yourself that you are a Christian. Because either you believe him or you don't. I tell anybody, it's a free world. You either believe or you don't. But don't tell us that uh, you can't be in between. Some of you, you are like somebody who is trying to have one leg in a canoe and one leg on the shore. You are the only one who will get wet. Yeah. Those on the shore, on the shore. Those who are in the sea, are in the sea. You have decided that one leg here, one leg. You are just at a disadvantage. But this morning, we want to hear from somebody who was up there and came here and came to tell us what happens up there and let us see what he has to say. So Jesus said, there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fed sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at the gate full of sores. I used to wonder why Jesus never told us the name of the guy, the rich man. And I realized that it's possible that his relatives are still alive. I mean, you'll not be happy if you know that your relative have gone somewhere. You let me read in the story. <clears throat> and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. 
And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. So he's telling you something. The rich man also died and was buried. I'm sure he didn't add that maybe they made the road to his house. The whole city was uh, redone, you know. The whole place was turned upside down. And it was a fantastic funeral. But whatever the case may be, he was buried. No matter who you are, no matter how you are, that day will come. In hell, he lifts up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. So this is why Jesus never named the rich man. Ask your neighbor, are you sure it's not your grand, great-grand-uncle that we are discussing? <laughs> because he was saying that the guy was in hell. <laughs> Verse 24. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and thou art, are, are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou would send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Hmm. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham. But if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said to them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Hallelujah. This is one of the most revealing scriptures that we need to look at this morning. And I want to just tell you that. <laughs> Everybody, death is not the end. Hey, death is what? Not the end. Yeah. There is a place or there's something that lives on because as we are reading the story, it tells us that Lazarus died. Then it goes on to say the rich man also died. So what we know happens to human beings had happened to them. The Bible says that it is appointed unto man once to die. It is the fate of all flesh. We only pray that it will not be now. God in his wisdom has not told you when you will die. So in the midst of all the things that you are doing, it is good to remember. Last night I was speaking about remembrance. It's good for you to remember that you will not be on earth forever. Are you in the church? Some of you are very happy that certain teachers will not remain forever alive. But remember that you too the same. But this story tells us something that we must begin to understand and unpackage because it says that after they died, so Lazarus died first. It says, angels came and carried him into Abraham's bosom. So it was clear that though the man was physically dead, something of his was still alive. And that part of him that was still alive was carried into Abraham's bosom. Pastor, what is Abraham's bosom? You and I will find out eventually. Is it the name of an estate? Is it the name of a street? Is it what? We don't know. But Jesus said that's where he went. And obviously, Father Abraham himself was also there. Then he goes on to say that all the, 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 the rich man also died. 
it makes no mention of angels coming for him and the reason is that he didn't go to heaven he went to hell and today I need you to understand that there is a place called hell it is real you can choose to believe it or not as we are standing here TV waves are going through radio waves are going through the room whether you believe it or not as we are sitting here there's heaven and there's hell whether you believe it or not amen now it goes on to say that when he died and he was buried he, he woke up in hell but I want you to see something then it said number one it says he lifted up his eyes please I want to ask you which eyes when he died did he remove his eyes and send it with him that's number one um, are you looking at all the questions question number one because when I finish the questions we shall answer them question number two they said he was in torment I thought the body was dead so what torment which part of him was in torment are you there now look the eyes were even working out he could even see that Abraham was far away and he could even identify Lazarus that the guy who was there I know this guy used to sit at my gate hey please give us verse 24 and he cried and said hey the guy had a voice and could speak (laughs) have you ever been to a funeral before many of you you are young a lot of you haven't gone to funerals before but I don't know what will happen if you are at a funeral and then the dead body just gets up (laughs) and starts to talk starts to speak but I must remind you that the Bible has already told us that the man had been buried. So which voice? What was talking? Who was speaking? Not only was he talking. He was begging, have mercy on me. Some of you, even when you are alive, you cannot ask for mercy. But let's continue. That's not the subject for today. Then he thought things were as they were on earth so now here he is saying send Lazarus after all on earth rich men can send poor men send Lazarus why so that he would dip his finger in water and cool my tongue this is another problem that I don't understand because here on earth please can you ask your neighbor has somebody served you water with the tip of their finger before I thought water is given either sachet or glass or cup or bottle. Okay, there's the films that say, or a bucket. I don't know what they'll come and display next week as they have mentioned bucket here. Huh. But there is a place where water is measured, it is measured in drops. That place is called hell. That's what we know from the story. Please, I also haven't been there. <laughs> just in case you wanted to ask a question. then he says something again so he must dip, must dip his finger so Lazarus had fingers as he was there I thought we buried Lazarus also but he has a finger okay and cool my tongue he also had a tongue uh, please ask your neighbor the tongue that you have is that the one he's referring to because I don't know I don't know when he was buried did they remove the tongue or what exactly did they do with it hmm. then he goes on again say, for I am tormented 
in this flame. This is the second time he has said it. I am tormented in this flame. Charlie, I'm not preaching about hell this morning, but if I were you, I just want you to make up your mind that you won't go there. Because I don't know any place on earth that we serve water in drops. And I don't know a place that you are so thirsty that uh, you feel that even a drop of water can make a difference. Hey. <laughs> are you seeing it? Then Abraham started to talk to him. And Abraham told him that you, you have chopped all your good finish. Just in case you are thinking that heaven is for poor people and hell is for rich people, I have to remind you that Abraham himself was a rich man. So we know of one rich man in heaven and we know of one rich man in hell. So it's not about the riches. Okay. 26. <laughs> then he begins to explain things to him and tell him why it is that he cannot send Lazarus to him. He says that, look, between us, there is a gap. But this morning, my message to you is to tell you that all dead men are still alive. All dead men are still alive. We have read it. We have read it. Jesus was not mad. Because either you are mad or you are saying something that we have to take cognizance of. How is it that the man who was buried arrived somewhere? He was in hell. How is it that he could feel? How is it that he could see? How is it that he could speak? How is it that he could communicate? Some of you can't communicate here on earth. Hey. Please, ashes, if they are coming in there, can you help them very quickly? There are chairs around. Just help Please, there's a whole row of chairs here. Quickly, just help them to settle. Amen. There are chairs all the way down here to my left. Ah, okay, I see you have some there too. Beautiful. Please, are you asking yourself the questions? And are you wondering a little bit how this is so? Then I want to share a certain principle with you today. Esther, move, move. Move the one more seat. We need the chairs. Yeah. It's not your time to be humble. <laughs> Tell your neighbor that this is your humility. Cry. I don't know. 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 Please, I see some chairs with books on them. Human beings are looking for seats. We don't have space for books. Remove the book and lift up your hand and let them put somebody there. Because I think we have one more bus to come. Yeah, beautiful. Film stars, all of those of you there, just fill it, fill it. So that people just sit at the edge. It disturbs the preaching as they come in like that. Mm, beautiful. Hey, MD, it's nice to see you. Or should I call you former MD? <laughs> Hallelujah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Just come in. There are chairs for you. Come in and settle quickly. Ashes, I beg of you, there's one more bus to come, so please make sure you have the seats already there. It will help us to be fast. All right. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Can I continue? I was just waiting for people to settle. Okay. So I was at the point where I was saying that we know that the two men had died. Now Jesus has opened heaven and hell and given us a glimpse of what went on with those two people when, as they had left earth. 
I tell you, this story is a very, very important one. If you didn't know it before, mark it now, Luke 16. It answers questions your father couldn't answer. It answers questions your mother couldn't answer. It answers questions your boss couldn't answer. It answers the question that your roommate who has decided that God does not exist cannot answer. It answers questions for you if you also have an inquiring mind. It answers questions. It was clear. They could see. They could feel. They could talk. What again could they do? They could see, they could hear. They had a tongue. Then they could what? They could understand. But I thought we buried them. I thought we buried them. And that's why it is my pleasure to bring to you a certain principle. A principle is a guiding line. And this guiding line is that man is not what you just see like this. Man is a spirit. He has a soul and he lives in a body. Are you okay? Man is what? Man is a spirit. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, Hello, spirit. Uh-huh. Hello, spirit. He has a soul and he lives in a body. Is there a scripture that can help us? Take us to Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. He's saying something. The very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Then he says, I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved unto the coming of our Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you understanding so far? Hello? Hey, you don't understand the English? Yeah. Your whole spirit and soul and body. Now, this is the only scripture, the only verse that separates them out like this. Most of the time, we hear of spirit and body or soul and body. There is a reason for that. And that reason can be found in another scripture, Hebrews chapter 4. Now, in this church, we go to the scripture. It's not by your feelings or by the rules of a church. It's by the scripture. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. What has happened? Take us there quickly. Look at something. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Listen, all this plenty English, what is it saying? It's just saying that it is the word of God that can separate between the soul and spirit. So essentially, for all other things, we are talking about one thing. Do you understand? They are so closely tied together that we can't separate the one from the other unless by the word of God. Unless by. But as for your body, there we can see it. So the body is the one we bury. The spirit and the soul, what happens to them? I have a small demonstration I like to do often because it explains to us what happens to us when we want to give our lives to Christ what takes you to heaven and what takes you to hell? Uh, Carter, please find your who are our usual who? Okay, they know the answer. And who was who is our soul? Every year I have one. Our soul is not around, so somebody should 
Who is not around? Dunkwa is not around. Okay. Yeah, Sly Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> Sly, there are you and Angela. Who, who? Angela is better. All right, thank you. Angela, where are you? Arrive. Arrive. Please, I need a soul. I need one of those guys in the middle. Who used to be in the middle? Who? Wobson is here. No. No, Bucky is Bucky you're too big for this for the soul right now. I need somebody. No, 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 no. Kafui, come, Kafui, come. You're tall, but you're slim, so come. You will understand soon why I why we have picked them like that. Please can everybody see them? For the purposes of my demonstration. For the purposes of my demonstration. This is your body. For the purposes of my demonstration, this is your soul. And for the purposes of my demonstration, this is your spirit. Are you okay? There are three. Those of you who hear God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and you say, hey, but what are you saying? How can three be one? Now ask yourself, how can three be one? Because you have a body, and you have a soul, and you have a spirit, and each of these are separate yet together, and they are one. So also God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Just to clear the problem. Are you okay? Now, what we know is that the body, don't worry, you will not die. The body, it will die. That's what we know. But I normally choose a big person because this is what we concentrate on. This morning you have woken up, you are bathed, you are polished. Some of you have eaten. Others have put down the food that after service they are going to eat. You have done your hair since yesterday. You have done your nails. You put on some makeup. And me, I just say all the concentrations on the body. You've chosen a little, your nice dress, you are wearing it. Should I continue or I should stop? That's your body. You take good care of it. Hey, we are left with these two, the soul and the spirit. Your soul is where your mind is. It is also where your emotions are. If you have had a broken heart before... you have had a broken heart before <laughs> some people can identify with what you are saying if your heart is broken you actually know that something is wrong and then you say my heart is broken if we put you down and we physically check your heart your physical heart is intact doctor am I right I have two doctors in this house today somebody and his, his sheep please doctor one is it true your heart it will be fine Doctor, come. It will be fine. Good. My do- ah, there's also another doctor on the way. Please practice it, doctor. I thought maybe they have changed the thing since. Okay. So the doctors have attested that your heart is here. If they put you down, you see you have broken heart. But this your heart that is pumping, kumcha, 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 is pumping. And yet your heart is broken. Where is that broken? Your soul. There are also some of you. From time to time, you behave like you are mad, small, small. Some of you, you behave like you are mad, small, small. Are you there? You are mad, small, small. It's also here. It's also here. You woke up, your roommate has not done anything to you. 
You say you will not talk to your roommates. You have made your face like a cloud. Nobody can talk to you. Nothing, something, something. It's all here. Your soul, your emotions, your mind. Very important. Very important. Africans, we don't respect the mind. But it's time to respect it. When I say we don't respect the mind, we don't put many things down to a mind that there's a problem with. Am I speaking the truth or am I? You say, oh, I'm okay. No. Meanwhile, you're not okay. When you get bad news that has just come for a short time, you're not okay. And it's time to accept that you're not okay and get help. Right? Are you there? Have you not been there when somebody has freaked out and you don't understand they're freaking out? Mm-hmm. It's temporary madness. It's temporary. Thank God it's temporary. But it's from the soul. Don't worry. Nothing will happen to you. Then there's one other element of you. That's your spirit. That's your spirit. I have deliberately chosen. You see, this one is like this because we are trying to develop the mind. As you go to school, you are learning, you are changing your attitudes, you are understanding something. Are you there? So, Ebubaba is coming. He's coming. But your spirit, that one to have chosen somebody that is small. <laughs> Jesus said, Except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Who born again? How? In John chapter 3, Nicodemus asked him that, ah, should I now go and find my mother and try and fold myself back into her womb? Of course not. Jesus now explains that that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So the day that you come to give your life to Christ, then you say that, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Take over my life. I invite you to be my savior. What happens? Where is Irene? She's the only one of these sides who can change for me. Irene, where are you? She's also still gathering people. Hey, come and change with your sister. Hold, stand there for me. Just come and stand here. The day that you pray that prayer, the day that you pray that prayer, a changeover happens. It's not a modification of your spirit. No. It's a rebirth. The one you came with is sacked and another one is brought in. Amen. However, you will notice that your spirit is small. And that's why the Bible says, as newborn babes, that's what it means, that your spirit, in fact, sit on the floor because you're supposed to be small. So when your body is this big, your spirit is like this. They can't see. Please move. This thing is in front. So that she'll just sit. Good. Sit right here. To show us that your spirit is like this. And some of you, you got born again, gave your life to Christ 10 years ago, but your spirit is like this. Jesus says, as newborn babes desire the milk of the word, but what would it honor you that you are there? You don't like word of God. What you like is, I say you're receiving in the name of Jesus, receive it. Hey, take it one, take it two, take it. Hey, 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 we can't. <laughs> I beg you, all of us, we like the prophetism. Maybe if I get extra, I like. But what I'm saying to you is that you can be in that environment all your life. Your spirit will not grow one. Because the thing that grows your spirit is called word of God. Which as you were coming on campus, you did not even buy a Bible to come with you. All your life you have not owned one. The Bible crowd that you have, if I come and check it, it is written in a language that you don't understand. And so therefore, comma, when you start to read, you don't even understand it. And so your spirit 
This is your body, big, but your spirit is. Please ask your neighbor, show me your Bible. Show me your Bible. Show me your Bible. I know that I'm dealing with the modern generation, and you're going to tell me that, oh, my Bible is on my phone. Together with your pornography, bigmama.com. Together with your Snapchat. Together with your Instagram. And even when you open your Bible, then you get a WhatsApp. Hi, baby. You close the Bible, you open the WhatsApp, and that's the end. Tell me that what I'm saying is true. No wonder your spirit is impoverished. Your spirit is like a child in the middle of the desert with no food and no water, getting no nourishment at all. Come to church too, unless somebody begs you. Can you tell your neighbor, especially if your neighbor is looking very sanctimonious and very quiet, tell them you are the one she's talking to. You are the one. Your name is on this message. Hey! Another way by which your spirit grows, take us to 1 Corinthians. He says that. Who is there? What's happened to you this morning, Joshua? Are you here? He tells you, you see, you think that praying in tongues is a way to while away time. But the Bible says that he that speaketh in an unknown tongue says you edify yourself. He that speaketh in tongues, you edify yourself. You are speaking secrets to God and you are edifying yourself. It's to edify is to strengthen. It's to strengthen. So it's another way. Look at it here. First Corinthians 14 4. He that speaketh in a should we take it from verse 1? Let's go to verse 1. First Corinthians 14 1. Let's give you a context. Follow after charity, that is love, and desire spiritual gifts. This generation, do you desire spiritual gifts? At times I wonder. But rather that you may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man, into brackets including himself, understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesied speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. Then he goes to verse 14, which is where we want to learn. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Are you there? He does what? Edifies himself. So if you are here this morning and you don't speak in tongues, probably because of background, because of whatever, it's time for you to desire to speak in tongues. We'll do a teaching on that, not today. Are you here? And if it is a desire after church, you can be prayed over. Do you see? Because without it, eh, this your spirit is like that. It's like that. This is the reason why Sunday morning when it is time to come to church, you have a struggle. Because <laughs> look at your body and look at your spirit. What of what chance does this spirit have against this body? Your soul is actually neutral. Your soul will go with whoever influences him more. That's why we have Christians who think like unbelievers. Because what you have fed yourself is garbage. So you have been reading what? 
You spend all your time. You only read news. No, this generation don't read news. <laughs> you watch, yeah, you read romantic novels. You watch, uh, what? Huh? What series? Okay. That's what you watch. What again? What again? Huh? Videos. I mean, you can sit down, you can watch it six hours, ten hours. You like to watch, and there are a lot of pleasurable things. There are some people who like football. Please, so don't go somewhere and say that next change. When we came to this change, they said we shouldn't watch football. No. I am showing you what you are doing. How long you spend on it depends on you. It depends on you. You can choose to spend 24 hours a day on the internet if you like. That's your choice. That's your choice. Your TikTok is always ticking and talking. And your Snapchatting is always sticking and sticking. That's your choice. But if you do that, what happens is that the association between these two becomes stronger. And the association between, you see, as for your soul, he must follow you either to heaven or hell. But your spirit is there languishing. Because what you need to make your spirit strong is not there. If you are somebody, they woke up this morning to come to church. You were struggling. You are likely here. If you are somebody who goes to church once a month, you are likely here. If you are somebody who goes to church once for the semester, beginning and end, you are likely here. If you are somebody who doesn't go to church at all, you are likely to be here. Now, <laughs> we have decided, right now as a church, we are in a period of fasting and praying. Please, just stand so that they can see for the... So now, here is your spirit. Your spirit says, we are fasting, we are fasting. Here are soul and body. Remember, they are one. They are one. How many of us know that to fast is a struggle? Mm-hmm. Good. So now, spirit says, we are going to fast. Here you are with your developed body and your developed soul in the wrong direction. We are going to fast. Okay, let's fast. Is the first thing going to happen? That's how come you have been starting the fast. When you start the fast at 6 o'clock by 9, you are broken. That's it, that's it right there. That's it, that's it right there. That's it, that's it. Because... Your spirit is there. Your spirit is pure. Your spirit is, but your spirit is a baby. It doesn't have what it needs to stand strong. I'm talking to someone this morning. And I say to you, man is a spirit. He has a soul. And he lives in a body. When they died, this part was not there. This part was what was there. And the rich man woke up and he was in hell. In hell, are there eyes? Yes. Are there? Yes. Yes. Can they feel? Yes. Every idiot here who says you want to take your life, I remind you that the end is not the end. When you finish, you have finished that one. These ones are remaining. No, I just you want to kill yourself because of what? Don't bring yourself. Tell never be sober. Stop those things. Don't joke. Don't joke. And for those who are really unwell, because you can be really unwell and you need help, please seek help. Because death is not the end. It is what? I had a church member who was lying in hospital just recently, probably a month ago. And she was in a situation 
and they came to take her to move her from one part of the hospital to the other. And her husband said, get her a wheelchair. And the nurse who knew too much said, oh, he's very short. So they started walking. And as they went up the steps, she collapsed. She told us when she came back that as she was lying down there, she saw herself standing on the steps. That means that for a brief second, her spirit was on the way. Hey! We say, oh, it's when I kill myself, it will finish. No, read it well. Read it. Hmm. The, the man was in hell lamenting. I'm feeling thirsty. Hey! What are you going to do? And that is the reason why your spirit is important. The stronger your spirit, the more able you are to overcome. Some of you, you are slaves to pornography. Some of you are slaves to betting. You go, you say, oh, I'll only spend before you are aware. Oh. Some of you, your school, somebody better away his school fees. Another guy, he betted away everything. He said he's going to bring him to campus to bring his money. They made him remove his shoes, his belt, his everything because they needed to have something. What has happened? You have taken the control away from your spirit and you have given it to your body. And your body is in charge. Let me tell you something. Your body is not the person you should leave in charge. Your body. Hey! Your body. Please ask your neighbor who is in charge. Who is in charge? Your spirit or your body? Be careful. Those of you who need to sleep with five girls a day to be okay, your body is in charge. Oh, yeah. You know, when we are saying these things, I'm sorry, some of you are very innocent, so it's as if one is being some way, but it is, it's based on what we have seen. I knew somebody at the age of 25, he had a stroke for that reason. And the doctor told him, the body is not made to take this kind of beating. At 25. At 25. But what had happened? Body is in charge. If you leave your body in charge, even exams, you'll be failing because the body is, I'm tired, I want to sleep. Ah, am I lying? Yeah. The body will say, eh, look, we have been to lectures the whole day. Eh, man, na man, it's time to rest. <laughs> man must sleep. Look, please. Sir. Yeah. You want to follow your body? If you follow your body, the kinky that one is how many cities? It's what? Four cities? Five cities? You'll be eating four. That's just one meal. <laughs> Am I talking to some people in the house? Hey! <laughs> you will be so broke. I don't, I don't, I don't uh, uh, recommend it. When that man woke up, he was in hell. The decision to have a live spirit or a dead one is yours. Nobody can force you. As you have come here, one of the things about campus is actually freedom. It depends on what you want to use the freedom for. But I will counsel you to say, you don't know when the end will come. Some people have started, they will not finish. That's how it is every year. Yeah. Every year. Some, some pass. Even as you are coming, one just left. Are you there? Where will you go when you die? It's a question that you must consider always. Because man is a spirit. That spirit, you know they die. He has a soul, which also does not die. And he lives in a body. The body may end, but the spirit and the soul don't. 
But as to whether you'll be in heaven or in hell, the choice is for you to make it here. Take us back to Luke 16 as I'm ending. In Luke chapter 16, when the man realized that he was in a bad shape, he realized that I cannot have water. As I'm here, Charlie, the hell, it looks like it's final. He began to think of his family members. And he said, at least if I have lost it, if I've lost the opportunity to go to, he- to heaven, let me make sure that my brethren who are at home have that opportunity. So he said, okay, Father Abraham, if that's the case, please allow Lazarus to return to earth and go and knock on my brother's door. Please, I have just come from heaven. I saw your brother in hell and he said I should come and inform you that where he is is not a good place. I tell you, 24 dogs will have chased him. Because Abraham told the man, he said, listen, no, this man is not going anywhere. He's in heaven. And he said, they have Moses and the prophets. Listen to them. As we stand here, you have heard the word of God. It's your choice. Heaven or hell, it's your choice. Either your spirit is born again or your spirit is not born again. If your spirit is born again, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. Let me just clear it up because some of you think that because you have been going to church all your life, you are safe. Hey! No, first, let's read uh, uh, John 3 first. John 3, 3. Let's look at the words of Jesus directly first. Jesus said, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Some of you thought the word born again was invented by the charismatic church. Verse 4. Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born Look at Jesus' answer. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That is why you have your your spiritual birth and then you also go in and you are baptized, whether or not they sprinkled you with water as a child. Sprinkling with water as a child is exactly that, sprinkling of water as a child. (laughs) Romans chapter 10. Please, so I've not mentioned your church. I was also sprinkled with water as a child. But when I became an adult, I gave my life to Jesus. I had my baptism. Look at it. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. There are many of you who have believed with your heart but you have not said anything with your mouth and you think you are saved. That's why I'm happy to show you another scripture which says that the demons also believe. <laughs> it's in the, the Bible, it was everything for you. Let me find my scripture because the way you are looking at me is like... Hmm. Hmm. Oh. Please, I need my phone to search. I cannot search on my iPad. Please ask your neighbor, have you been thinking? Okay, thank you. Look at it. You believe that there's one God. You have done well. <laughs> the devils also believe. And they, they even tremble. You, you, believe, you don't tremble. The demon is even better than you who are saying that you are believed, but you have not prayed to. At least the demon, he trembles. 
Push your neighbor and say, you, do you tremble at all? You. <sighs> you see the arrogance of modern day Christians. They don't know they are not trembling. Modern day churchgoers. <sighs> but as I'm closing, I'm asking you, what is your state? Is your spirit born again? Or are you still holding the old one? If you are holding the old one, hell is your portion. If you have changed it by Romans 10, 10 you have a new spirit. And from there, we can continue to grow. Stand to your feet. Thank you so much, people. Stand to your feet. Oh, if you are clapping, you can clap properly. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some of you have never understood before today what it means to be a Christian. You are like somebody who has just parked himself in a garage and you've said, I'm a car because I'm in a garage. No. Being in a garage does not make you a car. Being in church does not make you a Christian. What makes you a Christian is that confession that you make with your mouth. That is why we invite people to come forward because it is an open indication that you have confessed Jesus. I believe what I believe in my heart. I am confessing with my mouth. Bow down your heads. Close your eyes at this time. I just want all the movements around to just cease. And just think about it. Because you need to think about your state. Where exactly are you? Where do you belong? Is your spirit born again or is it not? I'm not asking you if you are a good person doing good things. That's not what I'm asking you. I am asking whether you have confessed Jesus as your Lord and your Savior or not. That is what you need because the Bible says in verse 10, Romans, Romans chapter 10 and verse 10 that with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So you are here this morning. You love the Lord. You are even in the church. Maybe you are even working in the church. Maybe you are doing your best but you cannot recall ever opening your mouth to confess unto salvation. That is my invitation to you this morning. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you want to pray that prayer confessing Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Just lift up your right hand. You are saying, I'm not sure whether my spirit is the old one or the new one, but I want the new one. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's not anything to be ashamed of. It's just a confession we need to make. I want you to step out of where you are. Come to me. Let us make this confession in a prayer together so that you go back and write it and say, I did this. I made this confession on the 22nd of January, year 2023. Just come. Just come. Just come. Come and let us confess together. Come. Let us pray. Come. Step out of where you are and come. I saw your hands. So many. Just come. So many hands all over. Just come. Just come. Just come. I cannot come to you one by one. So just come. Let us pray together. Oh yes. Just come. Give him your life.
just that something is not correct. It's not at this time. As your head is bowed, we want to pray this prayer this morning. And I want you to pray it consciously that this is the day I made that confession. This is the day that I prayed. You want to say, Lord Jesus. I'll say it like a believer, like you believe it. Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me in your blood. Cleanse me from my sins. Lord Jesus, from today, I confess that you are my Savior. You are my Lord. I belong to you. I thank you for saving me. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus to save me. Today, I am born again. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. With all of me, I we believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at F-O-L-C-I-D-S-F. God richly bless you.